welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Hello, I'm Sarah Braley, Managing Editor for North Star Meetings Group. I'm here today with Dawn Penfold, President of MeetingJobs.com, a division of the Cadre Gig Platform for Independent Contractors in the Meetings Industry. On this episode of the Eventful Podcast, Dawn and I will be discussing the 2022 North Star Meetings Group Meeting Jobs Cadre Salary Survey, which is the cover story in the September issue of Meetings and Conventions magazine. MNC has been conducting this survey for more than 30 years, but never have we seen a disruption between two iterations like we saw this time around. The 2020 survey was conducted before the severe effects of the pandemic were felt by the community of meeting professionals. And the 2022 survey comes after the industry has gone into recovery mode. Dawn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So one of the things that kind of surprised me right off the bat when I started looking at the results was that salaries seem to have normalized, if not even grown from 2020. So the average base is now 92280 for meeting planners, up from $87,251 a year in 2020. And I have to give a little aside for that, which is that the 2020 numbers were gathered before the pandemic hit and before it hadn't made any difference. So what do you think of those numbers? I think they're a little bit higher than I expected. I have to be honest with you, I expected to be the same or even a little bit less because what I've been finding is that so many positions have been opening up that are now remote positions and hiring officials are saying, well, I shouldn't have to pay them as much because they don't need commutation costs. They don't need office attire. They don't need all of those expenses. So I'm a little surprised, but it's good to see. It's really good to see. Well, an interesting thing that I think might have an effect on that has to do actually with something that we've been talking about throughout the pandemic, which is that nobody was hiring first-year planners. There's this dearth of people who have been working in the industry for one to three years, and maybe that was reflected in a rise in the age of the sample. Yeah, I would, I would say that's right. And we have talked about that, that in 2020, nobody hired for an entire year and a half. I mean, very few people hired. If they did hire, they hired somebody who was very knowledgeable in virtual platforms. And so the traditional entry-level meeting planner who might be making forty to $50,000 a year was not hired. So the response of this, you're right, is much higher person on the, on the scale and in, in level of management. And so that could be one reason that there's an increase in salaries. Right. Traditionally, we had, we had people who averaged around 46, 47, 48 years old. And this year it was 50.5 years. Um, and that, that I felt was a really strange difference. And also... That age group is the age group that wasn't hit as hard with layoffs. It was the older, older than that who were offered packages and who left, and then younger than that who weren't hired. Right. So they would be at the higher salary range. Mm -hmm. 
So that makes sense. Sadly, I mean, one thing that happened was the divide between women and men grew a little bit. Stop. When will this stop? I mean, this has been, I mean, I, I've been in the industry now. I don't want to age myself, but I'm going to over 35 years. Mm-hmm. And there's always been a significant difference of what men are making versus what women are making. And I was so surprised that see that it's 81 cents on the male dollar that women are earning. For an industry that's all women. The sample is 85% women, but still the men are making so much more money, over $100,000 for the men where the women are in the in the 85, 86 range. I think we're going to see a little bit of a difference in that when you do this, this survey two years from now. Yeah. And the reason is, is that so many communities, um, and I'm talking communities as in governments, either, either it's state or it's local or it's it could become national, where you can no longer ask somebody what their current salary is. You can only ask them what their salary expectations are. So with that said, hiring officials will traditionally take a salary. And the traditional move from job to job has always been about 10% increase in salary. So if somebody's making 50000 they would offer them 55,000. So if women are down on the level lower, they're going to stay at that lower level. But now that they can't ask what their current salary is, finally, somebody can come through and say, well, this is what I deserve. This is what my expectations are. And I think a couple of years from now, we may see, and I'm crossing my fingers and hoping so, that there's going to be a, a closer or, or a smaller gap. Evening out, hopefully. Yeah. 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 I mean, it I so. ended up being 81 cents on the dollar this time, whereas it was 84 in 2020. And the national average is about 82 cents on the dollar, on the male dollar. So. And, and I think that women need to get out there and they have to ask for more money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've got to do it. Now, uh, overall, just 27% of the sample had their CMP designation, yet those with their certification averaged $99,000 a year, while those without it, just $88,000 a year, about $89,000. Yeah, this is so on the spot. It's so, it's, it's spot on. Traditionally, if you had your CMP, you probably earned about $10,000 more than if you did not have your CMP. Now, that doesn't mean that you can go to a new job and say to somebody, well, I have my CMP, I want 10,000 more. What it usually means is that internally, they've worked their way up and the CMP helped them get a bonus or additional funds. But rarely can you go job hunting and say, gee, I have my CMP, so you should pay me $10,000 more than your range. That probably will not work. And the CMM, I mean, you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, we had 39 people with who had their CMM out of over 600 people, but they averaged over $102,000. Right, because the CMM traditionally is somebody who's at a much, much higher level in the, in, in the organization. Or a CMM, I have found, are a lot of independent contractors, people who own their own companies. Mm-hmm. And so their salaries are going to be higher, too. Interesting.
uh, stress levels are still about the same from 20 to 22. And the number of people feeling that their stress is very high rose five percentage points, which was the most, the biggest jump among those. But still, that's only 14% of those surveyed. Do you get a feel for, you know, people are just sort of at a bit of an even keel on their jobs or? I would love to have seen what people's stress level would have been between 2020 and 2021 and see what their response would have been. Because for those who are working between 2020 and 2021, there was a whole new learning curve in our industry. It not only were they negotiating to get out of contracts and negotiating to get out of meetings, they were learning virtual platforms and what we can do to recreate the meetings in our organizations. And I think that if we would have taken this survey during that year, the stress level would have been up substantially. I think from 21 to 22, when things started coming back to what we consider the new norm, I think people have calmed down. I'm surprised to see the stress level still isn't that high, but I think people have gotten used to the stress level that they had before, and it's become the new norm for them. And also, I think there's been a backing off of the whole virtual meetings. There's, yeah, there's been a backing off. People have gone back to the old norm in- on site. But I'm really surprised, you know, because with the amount of travel that people have to do and with the way the airport situations are doing right now and staffing at hotels, I'm really kind of surprised the stress level um, response wasn't higher. I'm always surprised about that, to be yeah, honest. I was, I was really surprised at that. I thought it would be higher, especially with what's going on with staffing issues now. Yeah. Well, and, and with uh, dealing with hotels, everybody's kind of knocking heads a little bit. Yeah. So why aren't so, they so they're just, really stressed about that? So again, that's why I'm bringing up the stress level I feel is going is higher However, I think people have gotten used to the stress level they were at. Mm -hmm. And so it's now it's not more stressful. It's just this is the new norm of stress. I'm really surprised the stress level wasn't much higher. Yeah. I know ours is. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about how people moved around during the pandemic. and, And because we did ask a bunch of questions that had to do with what happened to them during the pandemic. Um, you know, 55% kept their jobs, 13% were laid off, 13% said most or all of their clients canceled everything, 11 said that 11% said they were furloughed. Does that anecdotally sound correct? I was surprised at these numbers. I thought the number of people who lost their jobs was much higher. I felt that too. And then the 55% that kept their jobs. And this, that number really surprised me because to me in 2020, it felt like a bloodletting in our industry. Yeah. And so that number really surprised me. I thought these numbers were low. I thought that their clients canceled 13%. That to me seems extremely low. Yeah. And the 11% that were furloughed, I wonder how many of those were actually laid off eventually from being furloughed yeah. and the government assistance, it should have been much higher because basically almost everybody got some sort of government assistance. 
Well, um, people got it uh, as individuals, uh, yeah, but, but not, not like everybody were, was yeah. able to get it for their businesses. So, yeah. um, so that was a mixed bag, I think, there. And 38% said there was no impact on their income. I think those are people, though, who were working for a regular company, like the way I am. You know, if you kept your job at an overall organization, if you were independent, I mean, yeah, sometimes you had to pay back money. And certainly those people lost a lot of money. But if you were in a steady position and people are just banking on the fact that all of these meetings are going to come back someday, they didn't necessarily get laid off. Yeah, but these numbers to me seem very low. I, I just thought that more people lost their jobs. Yeah, I really did. And I thought, or more people were furloughed. It just, it just seemed that way to me. Yeah. Uh, this is good. This is good. And again, these are meeting planners and event planners who responded to this. I think if you would have done it to the supplier side of the industry, you would have found these numbers to be much higher. And they moved around a lot. Yeah. 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 So then, of course, we asked what would make people happier in their jobs. And it's funny because these six things, more money, less pressures and stress, more respect, appreciation for management, uh, working fewer hours, better advancement opportunities, and improved benefits. Those are always the top six when we do this. We've been doing this forever. This for thirty years we've been doing this. Yeah, I mean, and this doesn't surprise me at all, except for the fact that if you compare these numbers to other industries, you know, because I'm reading other industry reports all the time, the number one factor of what make people happier for other industry has been coming through with more respect and appreciation for management. So again, it shows that our industry is a little bit underpaid mm. because what's more important to them is the money. Where in other industries where people are higher paid, they want more respect and appreciation. The less pressure and stress as number two does not surprise me at all, except for the fact that we the stats before showed that stress levels were about the same. Right. Well, but they always, every time they say, I want less pressure and stress. Yeah. And, and of course, we all think of this job as very pressureful, yeah. um, lots of deadlines, all that kind of thing. So and, we want a little less of that. <laughs> yeah. And working fewer hours, I mean, that always will be there, but that's our industry. Yeah. That's our industry. And again, the respondents to this survey were mostly 50 years old. Yes. If you had the respondents of people who were in their 20s and 30s, I think what would make you happier would be completely different. I think you would find more respect and appreciation higher, more work fewer hours higher, because this is the generation that thinks about more quality of life. So then why is improved benefits down at the bottom, you know? I don't know. Yeah, because I... We've been talking about that throughout the pandemic as well, that people who are now starting to get new positions are asking for more creative benefits. Right. But again, I think it's the respondents. I think it's the age of the respondents is really causing these numbers down here at the bottom. Very interesting. 
So what is happening with hiring today? Has anything shifted? Yeah, the same shift is still happening and it's I'm happy to see it where hiring officials are being more open-minded when it comes to hiring people who are remote. And I'm finding more and more when I'm talking to employers and they say, well, really would like somebody in the office. And then I say, would you like a better candidate? Do you want the most qualified candidate or do you want the person who's in your backyard? Right. And I'm finding that hiring officials are being much, much more flexible with this. In fact, the last four jobs I've worked on, originally they wanted somebody local and they have gone to remote positions because of that. And so I'm finding that is one really positive trend. It's very interesting because now a planner can work from anywhere. Planner can work from anywhere and then they're flying them in for a week, you know, every two months Mm -hmm. or something on that order. Before, if you were in Chicago, the job was in downtown Chicago or the job was in Manhattan or the job was in downtown L.A., people were willing to commute up to an hour and a half, two hours to get into the city to work. And I'm finding now that I'm having a hard time getting somebody from Brooklyn to go into Manhattan because they'd rather work from home. They'd well, they don't mind going in one or two days a week, maybe, but they want to be have a remote situation. So people are getting very, I want to say, pottish when it comes to being in their own their own comfort level at home, working from home, not wanting to get on public transportation, not wanting to commute anymore. They mm-hmm. want that time at home. They don't want to expose themselves to public transportation. And I'm finding that really fascinating that they want to stay in their own neighborhood. That's a real big shift for this industry. That's, I mean, especially, I mean, again, being a New Yorker, I mean, I knew people who were commuting from Philadelphia and Stamford, Connecticut, and things right. like that, commuting into the city. And a two-hour commute was nothing unheard of. And they're like saying, no, I mean, I want to work from home. Maybe I'll go in one day a week. Mm-hmm. And then if companies are accepting this, then what they're doing is turning around, decreasing office space setting up pod situations in the office and uh, nobody has that corner office anymore with a secretary sitting outside. Right. Right. Any other trends you're noticing now? People are still niche oriented when it comes to their industries. I'm still finding associations want association meeting planners, pharmaceutical companies want medical meeting planners, financial companies want financial meeting planners, um, DMCs want DMC planners. You know, I'm finding very much still niche oriented. And in this economic environment where we have a lack of planners, especially in the entry level to four years, a lack of those type of planners, I'm urging people to be more open-minded of looking at transferable skills and spending time with that person who gut instinct is telling you they would be good at that job and train them. And, um, but yeah, very niche oriented in their industries. That's it. (laughs) Well, great. You know, as always, we always have a really great conversation. I really appreciate your time. I always love it. (laughs) 
And uh, once again, we had about 601 people answer the salary survey. Um, people can find it at bit.ly slash capital N, capital M, capital G, salary 2022. So that's bit.ly slash NMG, all in caps, salary 2022. So thank you, Dawn. Okay, thank you, Sally. I appreciate it. Look forward to chatting again. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review us and check back for new episodes soon.